This is the Churchwigan Reflection for Eastertide. Today is the 30th of May. My name is Ali Rice and I worship as part of the Town Centre Hub. Let's begin by reading Acts chapter 27 verses 13 to 44 together. Now when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind called the northeaster struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. Running under the lee of a small island called Cowder, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship. Then, fearing they would run aground on the Cytus, they lowered the gear, and thus they were driven along. Since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. When the fourteenth night had come, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors suspected that they were nearing land. So they took a sounding and found twenty fathoms. A little further on they took a sounding again and found fifteen fathoms. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they lay down four anchors from the stern and prayed for the day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he said these things, he took bread, and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were in all... 276 persons in the ship and when they had eaten enough they lightened the ship throwing out the wheat into the sea now when it was day 
they did not recognise the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach, on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea, at the same time loosening the ropes that tied the rudders. Then hoisting the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow struck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land. And the rest, on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that they were all brought safely to land. Early on in May, we had a bit of a crisis in the Rice household. It was the kind of crisis that could be described on social media as a hashtag first world problem. There was stress, there were tears, there were frantic phone calls. What calamity had befallen us? Our Wi-Fi had stopped working. At any normal time, this would be an inconvenience. But as reality dawned that this issue wouldn't be resolved for a few days, I began to panic. This would have implications for work, church, for communication with family. The most pressing need of all was that I was due to host an alpha course over Zoom that afternoon. Of course, the team rallied. We made a plan to use my mobile phone on 4G, plus the dazzling technological expertise of Reverend Sam to make it happen. That was until a second disaster struck. My mobile phone would not charge. The team prayed. The meeting began. I had 40% charge left and a high level of demand to ask of the phone. As we started the video, I stopped my camera and began to ransack every bag I have ever owned to check if I could find a spare charger. All to no avail. That was when I felt God say, why do you always try every other possible solution to fix something before you will just turn to me? With this thought, I sat down to return to the session and I felt a peace come over me. God was on it. He was in control. And he was. My phone lasted the whole session, even allowing me to close in prayer and say goodbye at 1% immediately before it died. I'd love to tell you that this was a one-off and I'm so much more faithful in trusting God when difficulties arise, but I'm afraid that it, it wouldn't be true. So often I try to solve my own problems, fix situations with a range of scenarios I have available to me, that I miss out on the peace that I could have if only I really truly trusted God with every situation. However, in truth, I'm often a bit like those sailors on the boat with Paul. They throw all sorts of things overboard. They stop eating. They take every action they can think of. And when they have no more ideas and no more resources, they abandon all hope of being saved. But God has a different plan. 
and he reveals it to Paul who is constantly trusting in him and relying on his Holy Spirit to guide him. It's only when Paul stands up with God's message of hope that things begin to change. From that point on, the soldiers begin to listen to God's guidance and ultimately, through them faithfully trusting God's direction and instruction, the whole boat crew are saved. Both the shipwreck and the Wi-Fi disaster encourage us that in the middle of the calamity, God is with us. He is waiting for us to turn to him, to trust him for guidance on how to act and when to wait. Today's reading, I feel, is a reminder to us in these perilous times that God is sovereign. He has good plans for us and ultimately when we choose to trust in him and listen to his guidance, he will bring us safe to shore.